It's another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey. I'm Sailor, and Lars is a secret loser. Tonight, we're on part three of our Prince of Darkness series. I'm pumped, and I'm here with all of my guys tonight, Jake, Matt, and Ed. What's up, guys? What's up? Hello. Super pumped. Oh, yeah. Um, Jake, do you want to tell the listeners what we do on this show? Oh, well, I guess if there's a new listener, they should probably know what's going on here, because on this show, we do typically compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, we argue... Sailor and I yell at each other often, but in a very professionally, <clears throat> unprofessionally way, we debate the merits. And in the end, only one artist will reign, one artist, one album or artist will reign supreme. Depending on the show. Something reigns. Something is going to reign supreme. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it reigns. And it won't be Lars. <laughs> it's never Lars. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're going to begin talking about the album Bark at the Moon, and we're going to put that up against The Ultimate Sin. And in the end, we will decide which album comes out on top. What music are you listening to now? Do you listen to new music? I, I, listen, I, don't, I don't really listen to new music. I, I mean, if something catches my ear, I don't listen to new metal bands. I don't listen to go, give me the top ten of the new metal bands. I want to, I gotta, one of the dangers of that is if I, if I start to like it, if something gets in my head, it'll come out my mouth, you know. So are you listening to a lot of Justin Bieber? Is that what we're gonna? Justin Bieber? Who the fuck's Justin Bieber? Good. I like that answer. That's perfect. You know what would be actually really awesome is if we got like a a direct message from Lars, like he's a big fan of the show, but wonders why we hate on him so much. (laughs) All I want to do is make good music. What's with all the hate? (laughs) Then we could invite him on. Can't hey, <laughs> yeah. who knew? Who knew Lars was here on the show with us? We always have special <laughs> guests. We, you know, we keep them secret, keep them hidden. Big guests. You're done, Lars. Thank you. That's all so we you need got, you for, buddy. Appreciate you it. You should hope that <laughs> I wouldn't be the one to see the message first, because I don't care how famous he is. My response would be "fuck you," and I would delete the message. <laughs> I'd say delete this. <laughs> Uh, but something else that is equally important to all of that chit-chatter is our love for whiskey. Uh, we do love to drink on this show and talk about it. Uh, each episode, one of us will pair a whiskey with the theme of the show. And tonight, Matt will step up to the plate. Can't wait to hear about it, Matt. I am in the batter's box right now warming up. But in the meantime, what's everybody else drinking? I'm drinking. Are you guys ready for this? I mean, don't pass out in your chairs. Bum, bum, bum. See your pants. But I'm drinking Irish whiskey. (laughs) (gasps) I saw you posted a Tullamore Jew 12-year. I think Matt just passed out. (sighs) So this is is what's happening right now. I'm okay, guys. I will let you describe, Jake, to the listeners what I'm doing. So first, there's this. A Tullamore Jew 12-year. And then, because I just killed that one, so I had to have a backup. Uh, Tullamore oh, yeah. Caribbean rum cask. Oh, all right. Be still my heart. That now, is amazing Is it supposed stuff. to be do or is it D-E-W? I think it's, it's supposed to be D-E-W, it's, right? It's pronounced Jew. <laughs> <laughs> if you, Tullamore Jew? 
What? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, if, if uh, I just listened, I just listened to uh, uh, the podcast, the Whiskey Topic, and they had the they had the the representative for for Tullamore on the podcast, and I was cracking up the whole time, much as you guys are laughing. Sailor's losing her shit right because now because <laughs> he was pronouncing it Tullamore Jew. Was it and the get accent? The pump nickel. We both we put the pump nickel and then the locks in the whiskey. <laughs> Is it's it basically like I don't know if, if it's kosher. If you were to look at it like D D J U, like Jew. Oh, the Jew. Not like <laughs> No, it's not for dipping roast beef in. I mean, you could dip roast I'll beef in it. Could. Probably corned beef. I think you dip corned beef, beef in it. Okay. In the whiskey. Do you hear that's, me? Now that's now that's the Irish version Oy. of the French. You take a corned beef sandwich and you dip it in Tullamore au jus. <laughs> Oy vey. Oh, I have a Jewish family. I'm allowed to make fun. I'm allowed to do this. Just, Good just stuff. Disclaimer. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so back to the whiskey. <laughs> I'm not drinking Tullamore Jew. <laughs> Tullamore Dew. <laughs> Drinking Tullamore Jew would be a whole other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Especially if the guy's first name was Tully. <laughs> <laughs> At least it would be kosher. But hey uh, oh, zinger. Uh, so, <laughs> what about you, Ed? So, Ed, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't explain why are you fucking drinking fucking Irish fucking whiskey. Let her finish. Come on. Good God. Because it's left over from St. Patty's Day? Well, a little bit. Um, <laughs> fuck off, Jake. <laughs> so I was I was honored to be asked to host a tasting for Tullamore Dew um, at a really large liquor store here in the Boston area on St. Patty's Day. And um, I had I will tell you I had never tasted Tullamore Dew before. Irish whiskey has never been of interest to me. Um, I feel like it was many many years ago i the irish whiskey i did taste i just thought it was either just really hot and burning and astringent with no flavor or it was like watered down whiskey just too light for me so um i said to the guy you know let me just sample some stuff let me see how i feel about it because i'm not going to stand there and bullshit people i don't care how much you pay me i just won't do it um so he gave me he was very smart that he gave me the uh 12 year reserved to try and i'm like is this bourbon what the hell are you drinking this is this is bourbon and he's like nope um and then he gave me the um the whiskey finish in their caribbean rum cask and i was like stop it right now i will definitely pour this stuff so i had a freaking blast um it's really fun actually to pour approachable whiskey <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I realize how um, hard I work to uh, introduce people to bourbon and rye, especially craft bourbon and rye, and how it's it takes a certain person to convince non whiskey drinkers to try shit like that. Yeah, 
Um, but this was so approachable. So it was so easy to pour for people. I had a blast and ended up doing a little bit of sensory training at my table. And the manager from the store comes up. He's like, who do you work for? You come, come <laughs> here all the time. I <laughs> had a crowd around the table. We were just having a blast. We we're having a great time. And, um, I absolutely fell in love. So I'm, I'm a fan now. They cool. tell them do. You have a little piece of my heart. Cheers. Wow, very cool. Cheers. Awesome. Well, as for myself, today I went out, and I've been wanting to pick up a bottle of this for a long time now, and since Sailor joined the Koval team, it just kind of kind of nudged me over the edge. I went out and grabbed myself a bottle of Koval Single Barrel Bourbon Whiskey, which is distilled here um, in Chicago. Yeah. Awesome. Right nearby. And Good stuff, man. It's young. It, you can tell it's young, but still, it's a very, uh, very nice pour. I re- I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting lots of uh, like herbal and uh, tropical fruit notes on it. Like I get smell like a little bit of pine, pineapple, uh, maybe a little uh, mango in there. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 really good. I'm enjoying it. I have had this before, which is why I wanted to go pick it up. But uh, yeah, if anyone has access to it. Um, give it a try. That's that's their own distillate too, right? Yes, yes. it is. They they distill all their own stuff. I I remember hearing an interview with the with the owner, and I was really impressed with uh, the way that they described what what their what their kind of goal and mission is. I, I was really impressed. I I haven't really seen any. I don't know if we get distribution in my area, but I have not yet seen any in the Metro Lansing area yet. Yeah, it's gaining traction in New Jersey also. A lot more. We have a fantastic East Coast um, brand manager. I just accepted a role recently with um, with Koval, and I'm very proud um, and happy to be a part of the Koval family. I have not yet begun my role yet. There's a hell of a lot of shit that is involved in ramping yourself up in certain states to be able to serve and pour and carry and blah, blah, blah. So, but I will talk about that in a future episode. Um, <clears throat> it's a super cool company. Um, they do a lot of interesting things. Their whiskey, their spirits in general are absolutely beautiful. Um, the distillery is run by a husband and wife team, and Sonnet yeah. is my immediate mm-hmm. boss. She's a badass Oxford PhD badass whiskey woman. Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely be talking about Koval quite a bit once I get rocking and rolling with them so i'm super excited i'll be flying to chicago soon so me and ed are gonna get to hang out and drink oh yeah them. look Yay! out <laughs> well let them tell uh tell them over there that in order to get to the east coast from chicago they gotta you know come right through or over michigan just drop some off on the way <laughs> <laughs> do a little care package drop yeah a little parachute yeah give me the coordinates of the nearest small lake <laughs> <laughs> Just look for that guy down there with his hands open. It'll be me trying to catch it. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm just uh, went with. Uh, we're recording on a Wednesday night. Went went with the old Weller Wednesday and poured uh, poured a glass of uh, a Weller Antique pick uh, from one of our groups here in, in on the east side of the state. Uh, it's a fantastic pick. Excellent. Super, uh, just total cherry bomb. It's fantastic. Love it. So, <clears throat> Matt drinking? What did you say you were drinking, Matt? Matt's got the uh, whiskey segment. 
Oh yeah, it's a surprise. I'm always like, hold hold your horses. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all warmed up and ready to go. I do that every time because I think we've left the one. Before we get to Matt's whiskey segment, I think we should go to the news. I'm doing the news a little bit different today because... Um, it's Wednesday, and not only is it Whiskey Wednesday, but it's Women Crush Wednesday as well. So, saw a little piece of news in my inbox this morning, got super excited. Yet another awesome, badass whiskey woman has been named Master Distiller, and this time at George Dickel Distillery. And that would be... Saw that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Very cool. For those of you who don't know, I'll give you just a little piece of background. So George Dickel um, is a Tennessee distillery, and it's owned by the giant Diageo. What isn't at this point? They're changing the name from the George Dickel Distillery to Cascade Hollow Distillery. Now, the name does come from the distillery's history, so it's okay. When they were registered on the list of National Historic Places, it was referred to as Cascade Distillery, and it is located in Cascade, Tennessee. So it's all right. Um, Nicole was hand-selected by former Maker's Mark distiller Dave Pickroll to be the first employee of his independent spirits consulting firm in 2012. And that's really when the industry began to take notice of Nicole. Um, The New York Times even dubbed her the Bourbon's Master of the Craft in 2014. She's a graduate of Manhattan College with a major in chemical engineering. And she was a former master blender for Kings County Distillery, just a few years after graduating, and most recently, project commissioning engineer for William Grant and Sons at the Tullamore Distillery in Ireland. Pretty impressive resume so far. Yes. <laughs> so and she went from Tullamore Jew to Dickel. <laughs> hey, so she's also a founding member of the American Craft Spirits Association. So she joins a whole host of other badass whiskey women um, from distilleries like, you know, Joseph Magnus and Castle and Key, and I could go on and on. So um, congratulations, Nicole. Super excited. There's, you know, it just makes me so happy that there's a bunch of little girls out there right now growing up. And and by the time they are of drinking age, it's going to be commonplace to see um, women behind the whiskey, making the whiskey. And I couldn't be more proud. So, yeah. You know, Cheers. you know what the adverse effect of this is, uh, is that now all of the like collectors style, you know, like the Dickel 17 and stuff are going to just be insanely. Yeah, it's going to be so hard to get anything. It's going to be really hard to get any Dickel. <laughs> Do you, don't you? But they're not going to change. I'm going to miss. Name. I'm going to miss cracking the Dickel no, jokes. It's just a little bit the same brand. <laughs> yeah. name, though, Jake. What's that? I. I believe they're just changing the distillery's name, but not oh, the brand. Oh, so they're not, they're not changing the, the label name of, of Dickel? Perhaps I'm wrong. I read it that they were changing the actual distillery. See, name. I was confused about that as well. So well, You know what? I'm going to investigate it, and I'll, I'll touch base next week. Okay. Figure it out. Maybe I'll cool. give them a call and see if I can okay. get someone to Give us a Dickel update. Oh, I'll, I'll <laughs> give you guys a Dickel update. 
I could use one of myself these days. If, if, if I find if I find in the update, I'll send I'll send that I'll send a dickle pick to your DM. Oh please do. <laughs> ah shit. Moving on. <clears throat> so I'm just gonna touch on a few awesome things and a few shitty things. Actually, no, I think they're all shitty. It's apparently official. Axel Rose is writing new material with Angus Young for ACDC. Just shoot me now oh. in the face, head, in my feet, in my ears. Actually, just in my ears. David Coverdale says the new White Snake album is their best yet. You're 800. Shut the fuck up. I didn't even know you still existed. And that's, a guy that needs, that's a guy that needs some dickle in his mouth. Mm. He really does. In the still of the night. <laughs> and impossibly stupendous news. It seems that Kiss, Property Rights, which is a company, recently word marked, air quotes, the phrase, the end of the road. In a recent Billboard interview, Paul Stanley said that the KISS brand, um, fucking weird to call your band a brand, anyway, he said that it's become such an institution that it transcends any of the members. Shut the fuck up. So there's speculation that the end of the road is what their upcoming tour will be called. And thank heaven above, if it's really the end of the road, KISS. We will host a one-hour celebration on metal rock and whiskey. Hopefully, we, it's a short road. I was going to say right, right <laughs> off a right um, off a deep cliff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll do like a special giveaway. Like we'll we'll do crazy shit. <clears throat> Please we'll God. We'll paint our away. we'll paint our faces for the episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a live YouTube cast. There you go. Um, Who's going to be the cat? I have to be Ace Freely. I'm sorry. I have to be. He Ace was. Freely. He was the star, right? Starman. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to be Ace Freely. <laughs> Just saying. So, um, kept it short and sweet today because we've got a lot to talk about with Ozzy, and I really wanted to um, highlight the news about the George Dickel Distillery and Nicole Austin. So uh, that's it for me. That is your metal, rock, and whiskey news for the week. Now over to Matt with the whiskey segment. Thank you, Jake. And I think you guys are going to like my pick this week. Um, So whenever we talk about Ozzy Osbourne, you get a whole plethora of adjectives and superlatives uh, that come to mind. I think above all else, uh, us and the listeners can agree that Ozzy is perhaps the most unique individual the music world has ever encountered. So for this week's whiskey segment, I needed something unique, something one of a kind, just like the Ozman himself. So, Jake, from De- from Detroit's first licensed distillery since Prohibition, I give you two James Johnny Smoking Gun Whiskey. There it is. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Uh, so, at first, I'm going to hold this up for my cohorts here, uh, and you guys can Google it at home if you want to see the label. <clears throat> at first look, this bottle, awesome ap- label. bottle appears. Yeah, the bottle appears to have an identity crisis, though. Hmm. <laughs> Some Japanese writing, cowboy on horseback distilled in detroit as confusing as the packaging may seem once you open the bottle you'll want to bark at the moon uh thank you uh (laughs) two james has crafted this whiskey specifically to complement the quote-unquote umami of japanese cuisine 
more specifically pork and fish. And for those people who aren't familiar with that term, basically umami, umami is a category of taste along the lines of savory or meaty. Mm-hmm. Um, this unique expression is 70% corn whiskey aged about seven years and 30% rye. Uh, it's known for its incredible smoky taste profile, which it receives from a double maceration with a blend of Asian teas. Uh, so my notes on this, uh, nose, I get a lot of smoky sweetness, uh, fleeting hickory barbecue, kind of like a hickory jerky, uh, really dry leather, a little bit of rye spice, uh, on the palate leans fuller bodied, lots of tobacco. Again, that smoky sweetness is predominant, uh, and a bit of actually Asian white tea too on the back end. Uh, so for our listeners out there, I ask you to take a shot in the dark at between $35 and $45. Good uh, one. Yeah. There. Oh, I'm not done yet. Uh, don't be a secret loser. <laughs> go, out- <laughs> so uh, go out and grab yourself a bottle of Two James Smoking Gun Whiskey. I highly recommend it. And that is this week's whiskey segment. Well done, Matt. All right, done indeed. Are yeah, you familiar one, with the oh, man, James? Thirty percent rye. You know, I've, I've, yeah. I've never had that one, but um, in our in our statewide group, we obviously the majority of our members, as is the majority of our population in the state, come from the Metro Detroit area. So that that bottle actually gets a lot of chatter in our in our statewide whiskey group, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be pretty favorable and positive uh, feedback on it too. So. Mm. So tasty. Haven't, haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. It's, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I try to stick to the bourbon and rye, and I joke that if I, if I start collecting anything else, my wife's going to kill me. So, <laughs> what was the age on that, or did you say, or is there uh, the corn, the the corn whiskey, which is seventy percent, about seven years. Okay. Corn whiskey that they use, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds delicious. So not not young. Wait. Matt, would I like it though? Because you said smoky a lot. Uh, it's like a sweet smoke. So, like I said, it's like a hickory kind yeah, of like a barbecue, barbecue, like a barbecue yeah. smoke. Not, yeah. not a peaty. It's not. Oh, from right. what I understand, it's not a peaty. No, it's not that kind uh, of band aidy no. type of smoke. It's more of a Campfire. like if you were at a bar. Yeah, like a barbecue yeah. joint. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard it actually pairs really well with barbecue. Not to you know, belabor the point, but. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, Jen tried it tonight for the first time, and she loved it. So it's definitely uh-huh. not a per alley. So, she, but she enjoyed it. So, mm. awesome, cool, yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you, good sir. Thank you. And now, let's we go about, back over the sailor for the timeline. So let's talk about Bark at the Moon. Bark at the Moon. This is Ozzy's third studio album, and it's the first album after the tragic death of Randy Rhodes. And um, we've got Jake Ely filling in on guitar. It was released in November of 1983. The album peaked at number 19 on the Billboard charts, and within weeks of its release, it was certified gold in the U.S. Um, So... I feel like when I was doing my research and, and, you know, setting up the timeline for this, couldn't help but having to focus on credits and who actually played what, because there's so much fucking shenanigans with Sharon. And and really, that's, I mean, you can't, 
you just can't talk about these albums without that. So um, the production credits on this album go to Bob Daisley, Max Norman, and Ozzy, supposedly. But here's the <laughs> roster of who actually played on the album, because we all know that Sharon likes rewrite history. So Ozzy is obviously on vocals, Bob Daisley on bass and backing vocals, Tommy Aldridge on drums, Jakey Lee guitar and backing vocals, and Don Airy on the keys. So you know how I said that Sharon likes to rewrite history, right? Well, here we go again. So this is the only album that is credited entirely to Ozzy for songwriting. Highly <laughs> suspect. So Jakey Lee maintains that he composed a significant amount of the album's music and was not credited as such. Um, and so he was not included in any of the writing or publishing royalties. So unfortunately, he did sign a contract stating that he would have no claim to any writing or publishing on this album. And later on when he talked about it, he said at the time he was just young and naive and didn't understand what he was signing prior to the recording. He didn't have any legal representation. And um, he didn't understand that it was cutting him out of all the credits. But Sharon told him that if he didn't sign it, he would be immediately fired from the band and that would be it. <laughs> so later on, Ozzy admits that Jakey e. Lee was in fact involved in the writing and that even the title track was written by him and Bob Daisley backs up this account completely and went as far to say that he co-wrote most of the music and a vast majority of the lyrics. I could literally go on forever here with the controversy but let me just leave it at this. So the song Now You See It Now You Don't was actually written as a fuck you to Sharon and um, Daisley said that he was very surprised that the song made the cut onto the album. Would you like me to read you the lyrics? <laughs> I would Please love do. that. Yes. Okay. Overbearing woman making it so hard for me. <laughs> now you've laid it down for all to see. Can I ask a question? Do you think you can take a blow? This is why I always come and go. Now you see it, now you don't. Careful of words that get caught in your throat. Face the music, take it like a man. Giving it to me any way you can. Everybody's feeling everything you've got to feel. I've got something that you can conceal. Now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. Give me central heating, hope that I can pay the bill. Making me forget my fear of hell. Must be luck in odd numbers now. You face me upside down. I'm so far up, I'm afraid to come back down. Well, that's Ooh. subtle. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, <laughs> so there's one more thing <clears throat> because we are talking about Ozzy Osbourne, the prince of, as he calls himself, the prince of fucking darkness. Shortly after Bark at the Moon's '83 release, a Canadian man named James Jollimore murdered a woman and her two children after allegedly listening to the album. The media and Christian groups began to infer that the music was satanic and had influenced Jollimore to commit the monstrous acts. The timing sucked for Ozzy because he was also facing allegations that his song, Suicide Solution, had induced a fan to commit suicide. Major sigh. That's fucking ridiculous. So here is the track listing off of this album. We've got Bark at the Moon, You're No Different, Now You See It, Now You Don't, Rock and Roll Rebel, Center of Eternity, or For Some Forever. So tired, slow down, and waiting for darkness. And if you're not familiar with the cover of the album, I highly recommend you doing the Googles. Um, 
Ozzy is on the cover done up like a werewolf, and it is a horrifically, amazingly terrible thing to look <laughs> at. So, um, what is so, guys, what do you think about this album? Well, yeah, that, the cover you speak of, that must have been taken during the filming of the uh, music video for Bark at the Moon, because he's wearing that same <laughs> get-up in the music video. And it that music video, all I can say about it, it is so of its time. I yeah. mean, it is just. I wish someone, sometimes you wish you could unsee <laughs> things, you know, I yeah. or at least not revisit it and just leave it in your memories from when it was new and fresh. That's one of those things. Yeah, to to your timeline uh, and what you discussed there, it's a uh, it's a clear representation of a situation where winners write history and uh and sharon was certainly doing that with uh pretending like ozzy wrote the whole album fuck you sharon (laughs) hashtag fuck you sharon (laughs) so so are we fans of this album Um, i i don't like it no i'm really coming off i mean coming off the first two um, it's a bit, I mean, Jakey e. Lee, he's not Randy Rhodes. We all know that. Um, but it's, it just doesn't hold up to the first two. It just doesn't. I mean, the title track is great. Other than that, I just wasn't that impressed. And I mean, holy church organ. I mean, this could be like a Halloween album. <laughs> I mean, aside from the video, I do like the song Bark at the Moon. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, rock and roll rubble's pretty good too. Um, but overall, not a huge fan. I don't. So, I, so coming off of, sorry, go ahead. I just don't. I don't think this album holds up. That's all I was gonna say. Um, so I had a feeling that Ed and I might be the only ones to say we like a couple of songs on it, just for like nostalgia's sake. <laughs> you know what? That's a good, uh, good point you make there. Is that these al- some of these Ozzy albums just don't hold up, like the Black Sabbath or albums do for some reason there's just something about them that just kind of anchors them into its own time this is too themey i think what do you think jake it's gimmicky so yeah so for me and i made this point when when we did our our first ozzy episode or for, well the black sabbath episode that once once ozzy leaves black sabbath black sabbath falls off for me well, going into the first uh, two Ozzy albums, and and I unfortunately had to had to miss our that uh, the episode recording for for the first one, so I can't wait to wait to hear how that one turns out. But uh, I I had a hard time with those first two Ozzy albums because to me it was, you know, I think like anybody else, if you're if you were a fan of of Black Sabbath you know, the original Black Sabbath, and then maybe you're expecting a similar sound from solo Ozzy, and then you don't get that. And <clears throat> I agree. I, you know, in the first couple albums, Randy Rhodes, he, he, he shreds on guitar. He's, there's just no question. He's a just an amazing guitarist. Um, but I, I don't care for the music style in the first two albums. And these ones fall off even farther for me. I, I, I think the only thing maybe I like... Maybe I like the drums a little bit more on these two albums because if I don't, if I, if I recall correctly, they changed drummers too, right? On this, 
on these two albums. For yes. me, for me, and maybe we'll down the road get into uh, you know another another set uh, another episode for Ozzy. But uh, for me, the Ozzy realm that really kicks it is the uh, the uh, No More Tears and Osmosis when they kind of gets a little bit heavier and deeper. Uh, you know, down tunings and stuff like that. I, I just, I think kind of like what Matt or what Matt, what Ed was saying is that it just, the, it's so dated. The music, the videos. I mean, is it, it is it great for its time period? It sure is, but it's not a time period of music that I particularly love. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that. So I love the first two albums and. Um, I, I really love the song Bark at the Moon. I think it's a great song. I also like Rock and Roll Rebel. And um, I like Waiting for Darkness as well. But these are, um, they, they wouldn't be at the top of my playlist if I make an Aussie playlist. Um, I think this was a strange album. I think it was a strange time for him. Um, of course, I think this is a thread that we have seen um, and that have lost very integral members. Um, Ozzy and Randy were very, very close and were a great unit together. Um, I, I think you needed somebody like Randy to write with Ozzy. Um, and I, I, I just think, I, I just, I chalk this album up to being a really weird time. And uh, it, it's very stuck in that moment, that early 80s, weird, like, I think, I, I think I've said this before that. <clears throat> You know, um, things didn't move as fast back then. So, you know, I feel like when you go from 1989 to 1990, there's a a pretty big change happening there. When you go from 1999 to 2000, you can almost, like, see the change in in everything. You know, fashion, music. For sure. You know, 1979 to 1983 even to 1984, it's not a huge change yet. So it, it's a very, very weird time in music. I mean, I remember being there. Um, I, feel, so. I feel like there's there's almost an emphasis put on, like, when it gets close to the end of a decade, it, there's an emphasis put on it now, like, oh, what's going to, somebody's got to do something new and something, sure. you know, and, and it almost forces, you know, forces a change that you can see coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. It, it just, it, it's just, it's a strange album. Um, I, I love Ozzy, and I listen to anything that he makes within reason. Um, and the album did really, really well. And I'm not surprised that it did really well. I think, strangely, this album probably appealed more to Sabbath fans than the first two Ozzy albums. Mm-hmm. Um due to the strange nature of it. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, it wasn't maybe a get up and, and rock out album. It was a sit on your beanbag chair and watch your lava <laughs> and get really fucking blasted <laughs> and listen to um, So Tired and Slow Down and Center of Eternity. Be like, yeah, man, he's a werewolf. He's so cool. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, the werewolves I think, are pretty cool. <laughs> certainly had those darker, those darker undertones, like certain Sabbath albums had. Certainly, exactly. So yeah, and I, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think about that until you just brought that up. And now that I'm kind of replaying the songs in my head, I, I, I do kind of get that. Yeah, I think, I think that may have been 
um, an intention and, um, it, it makes sense that that would be a safe place you would go back to because I, I'm sure everyone kind of felt like, oh, fuck, we've lost a lot of direction here. Even though Daisley was, I feel like Daisley was a, I don't want to say in charge musically, but you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not able to pull up the words. I think I've already had too much whiskey. You know what I'm trying to say. He, let, he was let a me very ask you this. strong contributor and, and director in a way. Let me ask you this, because it, it seems like uh, maybe to to make sense of it from another angle, when the guys in Metallica had Cliff, they had such huge respect for him uh, on a level of musicianship that Cliff highly influenced the music. Maybe that's kind of the Randy Rhodes-Ozzy relationship, where Ozzy maybe... <clears throat> was leaning on Randy more. And then when you get into post Randy and these other guys are kind of writing as we, as you know, as you pointed out, they wrote a lot of it. Maybe they were kind of Ozzy black Sabbath fans and that's well, why they that's wanted exactly. to be part of it. Similar yeah. to kind of how Jason Newstead was a huge fan of Metallica and just kind of jumped in and wanted to play, you know, do that. Okay. It's, I think it's, so yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that Randy Rhodes was the new blood. I think that they probably leaned on him quite a bit to have, um, you know, to sound a little more modern, a little bit more new and fresh. And um, they probably kind of lost that and just went back to, like I said before, their comfort level with, you know, doing a little more Sabbath-esque um, writing yeah. and arranging and creating for this. So I think not, it's not the time anymore, um, <clears throat> for, for Sabbath. Um, and it's it, not in what Ozzy had just come from. So it, it's almost like if you take this album and put this as the first album that he comes out with, it would make more sense than it being his third album. Hmm. I think that would, make a, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, Cause there's a, there's a regression there that shouldn't really happen. You exactly. would think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just being so, um, yeah, like, I mean, Diary of a Madman, I mean, visually it's hysterical, but it's fucking amazing, you know? I mean, this is just a little, it's a little too kitschy, Halloween-y, you know? It just isn't, it's not something anymore, so. Um, well, I'll, I'll absolutely say, and not to, not to be redundant on the point, but <clears throat> if, if they would have gone from those first two albums with Randy and just skipped these two, gone right from those first two, right to No More Tears, Osmosis, and then thrown these two in later, I think would have been... Because it just, to me, I, I, I absolutely, now that you kind of, now that you brought up the Black Sabbath connection, I'm, I'm picturing that in my mind. But to me, these four albums, <clears throat> even though there certainly are things that are different musically, um, and, and, you know, maybe just a, not much lyrically, maybe a little bit, but I, I, I kind of feel like there's, there's not a lot of, uh, I don't know. They all kind of sound the same to me. Well, the next album we're going to talk about, I think is vastly different. Well, I don't think anyone's brought this up yet, but, um, I think this is, isn't this the first album I think where, um, Ozzy really starts to address the controversy 
around his music in some of his he songs, does. specifically yeah. You're No Different sure. and Rock yeah. and Roll Rebel, which I think yeah. is significant. It is. Um, also, during the recording of this album, he's on a deep, deep, deep depression downward spiral. Like, yeah, big time. Like, it's shocking he survived it. So he's he's going down in a blaze of glory. Um, but he's deeply depressed. And so, to me, that's what this album sounds like. It sounds like fucking depression. You know, I think he's sounds- a vampire and semi-immortal, actually. <laughs> I fucking hope just so. A theory. Just a theory. It's Waiting a working for theory. darkness. That's a pretty depressing <laughs> sounding uh, type song title. Yeah, I just have, it has a heaviness to it. Yeah. It has a, and, and of course it's going to, you know, I mean, he, he's more, he's in mourning, you know, he's suffering right. and um, he suffered for a very, very long time. He's a very emotional guy, you know, I mean, the, being Prince of Darkness is, you know, it's funny because he's such an emotional guy and, and, you know, I mean, if you, again, I, I talk about reading his <clears throat> um, autobiography I mean, poor guy, he was the total lover. You know, he just loved yeah. everybody. He just he's couldn't a pleaser. See, he is. And he he's can't a, see he's a pleaser. anybody. And he just, he doesn't think very much of himself. He's very self-deprecating and he's very funny. But he's just a, an absolute sweetheart. And I think, and I mean, obviously you don't end up with someone like fucking Sharon when you've got, you know, a backbone. And, and um, he was, when he talks about even, I mean, the book was written not that long ago. Um it, it was like he, you know, he's still carrying that around so fresh from when from losing Randy. Um, so I think all of those things, um, you know, obviously are, are going to come through. But um, this album is a miss for me. I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. Being such a huge Aussie fan, this album just it's a head scratcher. And it, and it has always seemed unusual in the lineup of his albums. I, I you know, have every single one of his albums. It has always seemed like one that I'm like, where, I don't know where this one belongs. So I usually like put it first. I make this album number one instead of yeah. number <laughs> to, your, yeah. to your point on that, you know, the whole Prince of Darkness, this or that. Uh, I, I think he, he could have, you know, with his talent, he could have just as easily have, you know, sang for the Beatles or stayed in Black Sabbath for his entire career if if that would have worked out I, I think he's a talented guy that really just wanted to make the people around him happy and yeah. you know when things were presented to him he ran with it because he's he's it i mean for you know in all purposes he, he's clearly an intelligent guy i mean he he knows how to play a crowd how to he's very charismatic um but i i don't i don't think any of that stuff was him necessarily setting forth to be a certain character. I think a lot of it was just either in the moment and it kind of, he went with it or, you know, the devil in his ear, Sharon whispering, do this and do that. And he kind of went with it in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I I think, think I think that's why, I think that's why, you know, like you said, the the passing of Randy Rhodes probably really had a great effect on him because I I think when you look back on uh, when he talks about it or you know, and other people talking about them, that they were very close. Oh, they were very close. And I mean, when you you know, like I said, him that chapter, um, it, it's 
he was very close and he's still very emotionally affected by it and has said that he has still has a very hard time talking about it. Um, and you know, both Sharon and Ozzy both lost their best friends that day. Um, so they were, they were both suffering, um, deeply. So it's, and it's a tragic, crazy thing. You know, it's not like Randy was sick and, you know, you had time to prepare yourself and, you know, you knew it was going to happen. And it's when it's these tragic freak things happen, you know, it just compounds the loss. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just feel that all over this album. I feel the loss. I feel the, I don't know what the fuck we're doing. Let's go back to what is comfortable. And that's black Sabbath, but it's not really the right time for it. And I think, um, I also think everybody was kind of trying to fit into their new skin musically as well. The musicality in this album there, the other two albums or the next album. So it's just, yeah, I think we could sum it up by saying it's a weird album. I think we would all agree. Not Mm -hmm. his best strange album and strange to be at this point in his catalog. It definitely makes you wonder how much, how much uh, his comfort level for that Black Sabbath sound might have had in him hiring those other musicians into the band for this album. Sure. And going back to your point about losing Randy and how much that affected him and how much it still affects him to this day, um, I think one thing that gets overlooked, and anyone who knows the story of how it happened, um, Ozzy himself was very, very, very close. To dying in that accident also um so i mean that probably has a large percentage to do with how dark this album is also i'm sure it contributed he, yeah yeah and he felt he he says in his book you know and he said in interviews why wasn't it me it should have been me you know brandy was this smart bright guy got this kid he was so young he was so talented and so there's a lot of that survivor's guilt that went along with it and mm-hmm. then he wanted to be there for his wife as much of a fucking bitch that she is, you know, still his wife and he loves her. And, you know, he had a really hard time comforting her because she had also lost her best friend who was also in the plane with Randy when it crashed into the bus. Um, so yeah, it had to have been a mother, like just crazy <laughs> fucked up, yeah. crazy fucked up tragedy, just super hard. Yep. Um, so, um, so I'll give this, like, I give it a pass because of that for me. So I think we all agree. So, um, you know, trying to leave the sadness and depression behind a little bit, you move on to the ultimate sin. And the ultimate sin is the fourth studio album um, that Ozzy released. And he released it in February of 86. And um, it went platinum pretty quickly after its release and then double platinum again in 94. So that one has a bit of staying power, no matter what people say about it. It has staying power. So um, once again, there's a lot of personnel changes on this album. It's the last album to feature Jakey Lee on guitar. We've got Phil Susan um, on bass, Randy Castillo on drums, and Mike Moran on keys, and of course Ozzy on vocals. Um, so this time, um, Jakey Lee refused to write one stitch of music until he had a new contract that stated that he would, in fact, receive credit for his contributions this time. So um, this album is recorded right after Ozzy gets out of the Betty Ford Clinic. And a little piece of interesting information, all of the people connected to writing this album, recording it, all of the former band members all said he should have been given more time after getting out of rehab before being pushed literally into the studio to record. 
by. <coughs> so I can't imagine who pushed him in there. <laughs> who, like, who could it be? Wonder. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ozzy is Ozzy has been known to uh, show up on our recordings. He has. I he wonder. Did. I wonder if he would like to enlighten us on who might have had a hand in pushing him into the studio too soon. Ozzy, can you tell us? Hold on, I think we have Ozzy on the phone. Actually, Ozzy, you there? Oh yeah, it's me. Ozzy, we'd like to know uh, maybe who pushed you into the studio too soon for Ultimate Sin. Sharon, always Sharon. Yeah, that's all we needed. Go back to bed. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Top top quality right here. Wow, how the heck did you get a hold of him? Top quality guests. Unbelievable. It's it's Matt. He has the connections. Oh, yeah. He has the Jersey connections. I know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, I know a guy. (laughs) Funny thing about this album is um, before listening to it for the show, um, I had only ever heard Shot in the Dark off this album. That's the only song that was really a hit off of it and oh. like i said i wasn't one to go out and buy a, i i liked ozzy osbourne's you know songs that would come on the radio but i wasn't really a, a huge ozzy fan who would go out and buy his albums and and such so um so yeah so to me listening to this it's like meh 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 you know it's <laughs> i it it's almost seems like a single for a shot in the dark with eight b-sides on okay. it or uh, we Phil, get and I was Phil's just going to say, Sailor, you still got some song. timeline. Writing that song. timeline to go. Wait a minute, uh. boys. <laughs> Calm yourselves. Breathe. <laughs> so Ozzy's exiting the Betty Ford clinic. <laughs> okay. Poor guy. He's, he was given a shit ton of music that Jakey Lee had written. Um, and uh, Bob Daisley, again, wrote a majority of the lyrics. And although he was not... Um, he was not initially credited as doing so, of fucking course. So right after the recording, Bob Daisley leaves because he's fucking had it with Sharon. Um, so they choose all the songs for the album. They bring in Phil Susan. I don't know if I'm saying his name the right way. Susan, Susan, whatever. Susan. Um, he reworked the hit song Shot in the Dark. But of course, he didn't receive credits. So he left the band and said, fuck you, Sharon, also. It's a thread here. Um, so <laughs> even though this album was very, very commercially successful, it has been removed from Ozzy's catalog. And many speculate it's because of constant ongoing legal battles due to lack of credit for several songs. What the fuck, Sharon? Hmm. So the two breakout hits, of course, as you mentioned, Ed, uh, Shot in the Dark was a huge hit, but so was Ultimate Sin. So on this album, you have Ultimate Sin, Secret Loser, Never Know Why, Thank God for the Bomb, Never, <clears throat> Lightning Strikes, Killer of Giants, Fool Like You, and Shot in the Dark. So this is um, this is a very different album for Ozzy. This has, in my opinion, doesn't sound anything like the former albums, any of them. Mm. And I feel like this marks a notable change in the direction that he's about to go in. So now the floor is open. Well, absolutely. And that was a wonderful timeline. But I think the ultimate <laughs> sin would be if we discussed any further while our drink glasses were empty. So listeners, enjoy this wonderful music from Ozzy Osbourne while we fill our glasses. 
And we are back. Now let's uh, let's talk about this album. Who wants to kick it off? All right, well, I'll get this out of the way right now. Getting back to the album cover art. Talk about being <laughs> of its time. Okay, Boris Vallejo was huge back in this time period, doing all the Coney and the Barbarian movie yeah. posters and everything else like that. And oh my gosh, he did a lot of album art for bands, I know. But I see this album art, and I think this had to have started as a joke. He and Sharon got together. You know what? We're gonna you want to show this to Ozzy. He's gonna piss his pants when he sees this. It's like I'm gonna make you this evil sorceress queen, and you're gonna be. <laughs> she's gonna be leading you, or you're gonna be leading him around, as you know. As your your little bitch there, little bitch dragon or whatever, and, and get this. Let's let's see what he says. Oh, I love it. Oh, that's great. And like, what? He actually likes this. A little bitch dragon. And then dragon. they ended up using it. I don't know, something like that. I mean, you just you just explained why it was chosen. I mean, that was. That was totally in fashion at the time. Absolutely. Um, it was considered badass. It was considered sexy. It was cool. Oh, yeah. So, it's terrible. We... <laughs> it's so terrible. So, as a little girl, not that I was a little girl. You mean Ozzy dressed like a little girl? As a, no. As, <laughs> oh, okay. For myself, okay. as a young, <laughs> I was a young teenager-ish. Uh, yeah, I was a young teenager. Um, I remember seeing this album cover, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. How do I feel about this? <laughs> all, all I can see, when I see Ozzy during this time period in interviews and stuff, all I all I can picture is uh, uh, Bobcat Goldtoy's character in Police Academy before, <laughs> before he becomes in the Police Academy when yes, he's like the yeah. punk gangster. <laughs> That is, that's all I can see. That's who I see when I see Ozzy during the side group. Oh my God, that's hysterical. All right, listen. I, I kid you not, listener. Do wait, a side by side on those pictures. It'll blow your mind. Seriously, you guys, this is one of my favorite Ozzy albums. I love this album wow. so much. Um, because. I think I already told this story, so I won't tell it again in detail, but the first song that I heard was Shot in the Dark. And I flipped out. I had to find out who this was, and I had to get the album, and I fell in love with it. And then I put the connection together. I was like, oh, my God, it's the guy from Black Sabbath. Holy shit. This was my introduction to Ozzy. So I went and got everything else that he had done before it, and fell in love with Diary of a Madman, which is my absolute favorite Ozzy album of all time. But um, so I don't know if it's because this was my introduction to him. I don't know if it was just so of the time, but I love this album. And I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> I, I think it's a great album. Does it yeah. hold up? Mm-hmm. 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 A little bit. I- I think sonically speaking, I think he sounds great on this album. I oh, really yeah. do. I so, really do. So the things that I dislike most 
early on in the solo out solo Aussie phase, I feel like it's starting to move in the right direction Correct. for me. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think we discussed, uh, I brought up <clears throat> that one of the things that I loved best when he was with black Sabbath is that I felt the, the blending of the instruments and his voice was just perfect. And then you get into the early Ozzy albums and it's so much vocal. It's overwhelmingly vocal. And then as they transition into this album, the next one, and then into the ones that I said, I like the best later on, I think you start, I think they start to blend it better. Like you said, Matt, I think, I just think they start to do a better job sound wise. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, my favorite Ozzy song, maybe in his entire catalog going back to Black Sabbath is on this album. And that's Secret Loser. Fucking mm. love that song. Love that song. I yeah. That song. And Shot Shot in the Dark for me is just a bonus. Oh. And Ultimate Shot Sin the too. Is like it's one of his best solo songs to me. It's I yeah. love that song. It's amazing. I mean Lightning I love Lightning Strikes, Killer of Giants. I fucking love Killer that song. Killer of Giants too. is such a good song. Yeah. So I mean yeah, this this is a no brainer for me when it comes to these two albums. Yeah, I love I love this album. I really, really love it. Um Thank God for the bomb could lose it. I'll give you that. And never <clears throat> could lose it. The rest I love. Absolutely love. Why why are you guys being so quiet? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Listeners, anytime you hear silence, there is something very bad going on, and I need to look at my messages, or... I just think we need to really kind of wrap this up here. Oh boy, no! If 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 you're asking if you're asking me, I, I would absolutely vote this album over Bark at the Moon any day of the week. Even though I don't love either of these albums, like I said, to me, the the best solo albums are yet to come with Ozzy, but I think that there is an, uh, a really nice progression, and I'm going to have to go back. It, it blows my mind that you brought that up, uh, the sound, the kind of that Black Sabbath sound with with Bark, and, and I, I, I just... I never really picked up on it until you mentioned it and it clicked in my brain. So I'm going to go back and listen to that again with that in mind. But I like, I like where they're headed. I'm still not, I'm still not completely on board with the sound, but it's, it's getting better for me. So I think, I mean, I think I said this, this kind of ushers in a new era, but, um, I, I just think there's something about this album that is very, it's a standout album. I think, you know, it's nothing like the the three previous albums. It's nothing like the albums to follow. It's a, it's a standout album. Um, it is very of the moment, but you know, he's really good at that. And, you know, this was a, this was his most commercially successful album to date at the time. You know, you, you I just think he's got, maybe that's what he's good at, being very of the time, of the moment. You know, what's her head? Madonna's the same way. 
You know, like she's every album, she looks completely different. She's whatever the fashion is of the moment. Does it hold up five minutes later? No, you know, brilliant, brilliant marketer. It's it's brilliant marketing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I think musically, they manage to do that. They do that thematically, they do it musically. And he's still the Prince of Darkness. And he still has, you know, he is still who he is and has his identity. But he seems to be very good at hitting the nail on the head musically um, and really encompassing what is happening in what what the atmosphere of the time is. So if you're curious, yeah. kitties, about what it was like in 1986, 1987, put this album on. Put this album on and imagine me as a young teenager sitting on my shag carpet in my bedroom. And at this time I'm listening more to cassettes than albums. And I remember I used to lay on my back and put my feet up on the wall and I would have had on probably my Chucks and we used to write all over everything. Do you remember that, Ed? We'd oh, write yeah. on our shoes. We'd write on our pants. Yeah. And they can um, watch some John Hughes movies while they're at it. Yep. Absolutely. My um, son got a, my son got a hold of one of his sister's markers the other day and wrote all over our bathroom. Does that count? <laughs> we've had plenty no, of all <laughs> wall artwork here. We, um, we stuck to our our clothing. My mother hated it; she would yell at me. Um, we'd be probably chewing some Hubba Bubba grape bubble gum. Oh which god, absolute favorite. <laughs> Hubba Bubba or Bubblelicious. I swear Bubba. that grape was like straight formaldehyde. It was. <laughs> And your tongue would be purple for like a week straight. Oh, man. Like it would never go away no matter how much you brushed. My mother would be like, you didn't brush your teeth. I'm like, I brushed my teeth like five times. I promise you. Oh, my uh, gosh. But think think about it this way. Think about these two things. So, Because I, I, uh, I quit smoking a number of years ago. But as as kids, we're, we're chewing hubba bubba gum in between smoking candy cigarettes. We were training. We were training for Marlboro and Nicorette when we yeah, were kids. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you have the candy cigarettes that puffed out the yeah? The, oh heck the yeah. Oh, oh, that oh, was yeah. my favorite. Oh yeah. yeah. We used to take the packs and roll them up in our shirt sleeves. <laughs> yeah. I saw them like a James Dean movie. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And you'd have to have one behind your ear also. <laughs> We had a we had a place called the Sugar Shack. It was this little dive candy store, you know. That's how you would describe as a kid, you know. As you grow up, you, you, it's a dive bar. This yeah. was a candy store version of a dive bar, and <laughs> I mean, Lord have mercy. There's no way I would let my children go into a establishment like this nowadays. But yeah, us neighborhood kids, we'd get on our huffies and ride down to the Sugar Shack, buy a bunch of candy cigarettes, and puff our way right back home <laughs> you know what's so funny is um i'm still in touch with a girl who was my next door neighbor um for many years of my childhood and into my early teen years and she not only is she the keeper of photos she's she has an even better memory than i do of times back then and her older brother um i actually should ask if he wants to be on the show sometime her older brother is the one that introduced me to like almost everything metal and hard rock in the early eighties and to mid, mid to late eighties, all through all the eighties. Um, and he had impeccable takes uh, this Aussie that came from him. So she were, she, we were talking about this recently on Facebook and I, and she said, do you remember, this is so good. Do you remember the time 
that we were in our clubhouse and we still had the clubhouse, you know, cause the need for those things changes. Now the clubhouse was for making out and not getting busted. Yeah. Um, and we, so we, we, we grew weed in our clubhouse once we became teenagers. <laughs> I'm a little too young for that. I think we're still like 13, 12 or 13. Something like yeah. That. That's how old I was. <laughs> and we were smoking cigarettes in there. Of course, real cigarettes at this point, um, making out, and someone got a hold of a of a nudie magazine. I can't believe I call it a nudie magazine. <laughs> nudie magazine day. Nudie magazine day. <laughs> it was like a porn magazine, and of course, us girls were like, "Oh my god, it's so gross!" And then the boys would be leave and be like, "Oh, that's not. Let me take a look at that." <laughs> well, the boys were like, "Oh yeah, it's so gross. Let me take that for you. I'll go throw it away." Yeah, sure. <laughs> Tucking it inside his pant leg. So I guess I was late coming home for dinner or whatever it was. And I don't know how the hell my stepdad found our clubhouse. I think my little sister told on me. She was such a tattletale. Um, And he, so we're laying on the floor and I think we had a cardboard floor and we are listening to Ozzy. It was literally this album. And at the time, we didn't have earbuds, so you had to, like, stretch the headphones if two people wanted to listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) And they were, like, the clown with the little puffy things, you know? I'm just picturing that. You had to snap snap the the headband in half. Give one person one, one the other. We didn't have that yet, so we're just, like, stretching it. So we're blasting it, and we don't hear him, and we're both, like, puffing away. Like, we're so freaking cool with our Mm -hmm. cigarettes. And he calls it, and he, like opens up the curtain thing and he's like what the hell's going on here we were like "Ah!" (laughs) so much trouble and i just remember him telling my mom like his description of the scene was so funny and they were laying on their back listening to devil music smoking cigarettes like they're so cool they look like prostitutes we were like (laughs) laying on the floor listening to music fully clothed this makes us look like prostitutes what the fuck is he talking about (laughs) I don't know. So that's one of my best memories connected to this album. Well, well, I'm definitely going to have to go back and revisit this album again. You've uh, (laughs) definitely piqued my interest. (laughs) Go back and uh, hear this. Like, just think about about. Lay on your back. (laughs) Yep. Go out to my clubhouse. And listen to Ultimate Sin. You need to get some some chocolate Pop-Tarts, because remember, chocolate was, like, all the rage at the moment. Or toaster strudel. Burn the fuck out of your mouth, your toaster strudel. You know what Um, we need? You know what we need? We need somebody in in our Metal Rock Whiskey Facebook group that will generate memes for us. Because I would love to see, like, the sailor candy cigarette listening to the ultimate sin meme. (laughs) Challenge for you listeners out there. does it will be a regular guest on the show how about that okay speaking of listening why don't you guys tell me um what have you all been listening to lately anything new well that was a segue like a mall cop <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> wow. okay. hard right hard right turn whoa <laughs> adds like time 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 <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was going to look Ed, up. Ed, Ed the- you're the best. He's he's what? the only one watching the clock while we're all just. Having- so what was the question? <laughs> so, Matt, why don't you tell yes. us all what you've been listening to lately? Yeah, Matt. Well, I mentioned it last week, and I'm still 
listening to it. So uh, Unleash the Archers and Arch Enemy, man. Two fucking great bands. Yeah, Arch yeah. Enemy is awesome. I've Arch Enemy is freaking... For a long time. Yeah, I binged on Unleash the Archers <laughs> last week, and now it's almost all Arch Enemy. Yeah, fucking Arch awesome. Enemy. Go, make sure you go back to their uh, Wilt, yeah. early Wilt albums. Power is a great yeah. album. <clears throat> yeah, they were uh, actually had... Uh, uh, I used to own a, a small pizzeria, and uh, one of my employees, high school kid... <laughs> tipped me off to to them and i'm forever grateful because there's there's an awesome band one of my delivery drivers you you made pizza yeah i used to own a pizza shop oh, it was nice. a little investment it was for fun ah. for but you weren't like flipping pizzas you just were yeah no nah, oh, really oh yeah i was owner of that no that <laughs> oh, yeah. no you have no idea how 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 well Take i can the pizza guy can, it's a lot of work, man. So it's come yeah. up before that in my uh, <laughs> Jello pudding pops. No, you can't do it. <laughs> can't do it okay, anymore. No, okay, so cut that. Clap. Anyways, <laughs> um, <clears throat> no. So you know, I brought it before that in college. Uh, I, I worked at a chain restaurant that works rhymes with shmarabas. Uh, <laughs> my favorite. And <laughs> so this time at shmarabas. <laughs> So some, the owners of this little pizza chain came in and asked me if I'd be willing to kind of jump in and help them revitalize their little shop. And I came in and took over, took, you know, got part of ownership in the place and had fun. It was a blast. I did it for a few years and, and then sold out. So, uh, yeah, I can I can crank out some pizzas, Matt. Nice. No idea. Oh yeah. Oh, that's what I've actually started doing on. Um... Sunday nights. Sunday nights used to be frozen pizza night in our house. Then I said, well, let me try making some dough. Try making some dough. And then I tried making some sauce. And so I'm like making these homemade pizzas every Sunday night. It's like pizza night at our house now. I'll be there. The home home pizza person, the biggest mistake they make is trying to immediately incorporate the dough right after making it. You got to let it rest. You got to let it rest. I used to make pizza in college. So I've got some experience. Let it rest and rise. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. I'm Sailor, old. what you been listening to? Any pizza podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> um, I dominate. Um, <laughs> hey I like Domino. that. Good pun. Um, okay, so I have, actually. So I'm still listening to My Dad Wrote a Porno. Everybody who has taken my recommendation to listen to it has literally has said it's the funniest shit they've ever listened to. And it actually is dangerous to listen to in your car because you're laughing so <clears throat> fucking hard. Like I used to listen to it while I was putting on my makeup and getting ready for work and I would end up crying off all my makeup. So I have to be careful when I listen to it. Um, another podcast that was just uh, recommended to me is called Please Excuse My Dead Aunt Sally. <laughs> that is hysterical it's Just, very bizarre i, I want to see a list I, somebody please somebody go back through the episodes and write down the titles of the podcasts <laughs> etc that sailor listens to because we've had what we've had one i recall where a dildo was hiding we've had I my dad makes a dildo. Porno. yeah we had, excuse <laughs> my dead aunt sally don't forget about guys we fuck the anti-slut shame yeah. Just the list, just the list alone. 
would be fantastic so, to read off of. I so that's one that I've been listening to. Um, and another one that I've been listening to is the Bourbon and Bad Opinions podcast. Yeah, I've listened to a few I've episodes heard about of that, that too. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 Twitter friends. Cool. So um, that so I'm I'm trying to I'm almost done with my dad wrote a porno. I literally don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with my life when it's over. Um, it's gonna be really sad. Uh, but. Yeah, shit, my daddy Aunt Sally, please excuse me, Aunt Sally, whatever the fuck it's called. This is so funny in such a bizarre way. I'm, I'm, I, I love it. So that's All me. All right. Sounds oh, wait, good. I was going to tell you about Instagram. And so two weeks in a row, um, my it's, it's okay. selection. That's what I've been listening to. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, Jake. So, Jake, what have you been listening to, <laughs> <Okay>. buddy? <laughs> No, I, I got nothing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I, I just came off like a, a two-week spiral of uh, listening to books. I, I think I mentioned it when uh, when our good friends, um, when Particles Collide were on our show. I discussed my, my affinity for, uh, for physics. And so I just finished like three books on quantum theory and relative theory and stuff. And so I'm not even going to bore anybody with those, but I decided to go back into uh, some whiskey books after our good friend Sailor over here got, uh, is it reposted, retweeted by uh, by the one and only Fred Minnick? <laughs> reposted our, our very own Sailor. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Um, and I, I think I actually brought up that particular book on a previous episode because I loved uh, that women and whiskey book, whiskey yeah, I women. I, I loved the content, but on from an audible standpoint, the the reader was terrible. Well, but anyways, yeah, you did say to that. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I'm in the middle of uh, of a book called Last Call: The Rise and Fall of Prohibition, and uh, let me just. Um, prepare any of you that want to get into this book. It's very much like a PBS documentary. If you're going to listen to it, it's like 30 hours long. So it's a huge book, but it is incredibly interesting. I mean, if, if you really want a really in-depth documentary, historically referenced book on Prohibition, this one is going to give you all the details, everything, everything, every detail from pre-prohibition, what led up to it through prohibition all the way. I'm, I've got like three chapters left. So I, I wonder if it's going to repeal. I just don't know yet. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting oh God, to find please out. Please don't, I just don't spoil know. for us. Huh. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Please, spoiler alert. No spoilers. I just don't know. <laughs> all right. Are we well, all drinking? Um, not larceny metal rock and water and juicy juice remember juicy juice oh juicy juice yes (laughs) and hawaiian punch wouldn't you like to drink a bowl of fruit juicy juice (laughs) do you want a hawaiian punch donnie are we still in 1986 (laughs) yep hawaiian punch yes (laughs) <laughs> Would you I like to... a Hawaiian punch? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Wait, somebody do the Kool Aid guy. 
Hey, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> your, your mom is so fat. Yeah, how fat is she? Your mom is so fat. She put on a red dress and all the kids thought the Kool-Aid man was in town. <laughs> hey Oh, my God. Can we please do a whole show on your mom jokes, please? Like, for my birthday, can we do that? Just your mom jokes. I, I've got a lot of them. Oh, man. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. no, you, know, you, know who else, you know who else has a lot of those is Joe. Your mom? Joe. No, Joe. Joe. You remember Joe? Joe, Joe mama. mama. <laughs> You're not going to catch me on these your mom jokes. All right, let's re- ring it back in, guys. Bring it back in. <laughs> okay, All Dan. Right. You got trouble. <laughs> so anyways, as I was, was, was going to say before, um, I'm going to have to start <laughs> keeping my uh, my listening habits to myself because this is for two weeks in a row now. Um, my selection's been hijacked. So, I please, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> please excuse my dead aunt Sally is what oh. I was going to bring up. <laughs> what? That was you that recommended that? Yes. No, actually my friend Colleen recommended it and I completely forgot that you did. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> first next week. My dad wrote a porno the other night and so she's oh, I'm sorry. Okay, but that's all right. If you like <laughs> um if my dad wrote a porno or whatever, I stumbled across one. I think I saw it might have been a promoted post on Instagram. There's one that these, if you like MST3K, cross MST3K with my dad wrote a porno, and you get these three women sitting around reading the most ridiculous, quote unquote, erotica you've ever heard in your life and riffing on it and making fun of it while they're reading it. Is that like a light? Is that like license plate verbiage for mystique? MST3K. Oh, like Mystery Science plate? Theater 3000. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was like uh, trying to spell it in my head, like you see on like a license plate where it, it, it spells out a word. Yeah, there may be some listeners who don't know what that is. <laughs> but yeah, it's called uh, Snatch 22. I bet so. it is. <laughs> awesome. Speaking of your mom. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's that's it's pretty pretty freaking hilarious. All right, and from all of us here at Metal Rock and Whiskey, we want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners out there and ask that you please join us next week for another episode of the Metal Rock and Whiskey podcast. Matt? And to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. (laughs) Find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about our show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions. Participate in polls and sound off on the show. Find us on YouTube and please subscribe on iTunes. Give a review and please don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Give us that five-star rating. Don't be please. a George Dickel. Even though I called you all dicks, do not be a <laughs> Give us a five-star rating. Here, Richard Nixon. <laughs> You can also follow us individually on the gram. Yours truly at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed. You can find me on Instagram also at Bourbon Geek. Sailor. Um, you can find me on Instagram as Sailor Retro. Because <laughs> I'm Sailor Retro. <laughs> We'd hold together. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh boy. Oh, well, you can boy. find me on Instagram at bourbon.spartan. Um, I hope I hope we brought you uh, some phenomenal entertainment today. If nothing else, uh, maybe you think we need to get better. And you know what helps with that? Patreon. <laughs> Check out our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Metal Rock and Whiskey. Find the link on our Instagram. You know, post <laughs> Help out there. It'd be great. <laughs> oh, boy. It's not going to help us from derailing. I can guarantee that. Um, we're still going to do that because we drink on this show. It's metal rock and whiskey. Oh, yeah. And whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> whiskey definitely plays a part in this show. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode as clearly as much as we have. Um, Ed, thank you for the hours you're going to have to spend editing this episode. <laughs> hope As hope usual. you have a few drinks while you get to do that. Sailor, thanks for the production. But oh, you're welcome. We, our glasses are definitely empty after this one. We have crushed it. Tip your waitress. We're out. Fuck you, Sharon. Later. Bye, everyone. All right, so for for all anyone who was, if you're still left listening <laughs> to this episode, we want to thank you for sticking. It. Sorry, we want to thank you for sticking it. <laughs> all right, try to take it with us. Okay, I clapped. Jake, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It wouldn't be a good episode if we didn't have one of these moments. <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> oh. Uh, Thanks right. for sticking it to us. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate everybody sticking it. all right now we're done sticking it uh so for all of our listeners who might still be listening (laughs) jake i couldn't help it i can't look okay (laughs) i was compelled All right. Can I get some silent? Can you all just hit your mute, freaking mute buttons? <laughs> your mom told me to clap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we just want to give a huge thanks to all our listeners out there. And if you're still with us, congratulations. You made it to the end of this show. You completed the labyrinth. Fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
it's always a, always the best part of the show when, when, when one of us holds up something visual on an audio, audio-only podcast. I think Ed just quit. <laughs> he tendered his resignation. I'm sorry. Okay. I'll pull it together, I promise. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. Fine. <laughs> Your turn. Find, find us on. Uh. <laughs> Lots of value. Hi, <laughs> everyone. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, Ed, so sorry, man. <laughs> we were so close. So sorry. We were this so close. So sorry. We got, we got, no, we got well, the giggles. Oh, God. Oh, God. Compared oh, to what we've done in the past, this was not bad at all. Oh, shit. This was right on no. par. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh, Lord. Man. That was good. Oh, God. That was... <clears throat> oh, God.